Hey, good morning again. Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Chris, can you turn that monitor on for me, please? 1 John chapter 3. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've uh, entitled today's portion, Keep It Simple. And really, it kind of it does get to that. We'll get to that in a, a minute. But, you know, I'm, I'm really a pretty simple person. I like to keep things simple. I'm kind of a minimalist, although you might not feel that way on Sunday morning when I go on for, you know, a long time or whatever. But really, keeping it simple is really kind of what the Lord knows that we need because it's pretty complicated. You know, we, we use that phrase, it's complicated. No, it's not complicated. We, we need to love God and love one another. We need to believe and trust in Him and love one another. That's kind of the simplicity of, of what He uh, taught us. And John is going to show us that. He's going to remind us of that again here in uh, 1 John chapter 3. Well, last week, we talked about what true love is. And, and really, it's the command of Jesus. And, and really, uh, Jesus showed us. And it says that he laid down his life. He laid down his life. He, he laid down his life for us, for the other. And, and uh, he talked, John talked about, you know, being practical. Don't just, don't just let it be words. Well, you know, I love you so much, but I wouldn't, you know, cross a street for you. I love you so much, but I wouldn't bother doing that for you because I've got plans. I've got my own things I need to take care of. You know, we... We need to lay down our lives. And John Corson said, someone has to die. And you know what the, the goal is, or, or the, the challenge is, is will I be the one to, to die? Will I be the one to lay it down and, and take care of the other person? Set aside my, you know, goals, my needs, my wants. Uh, I didn't quote it last week, but I'll just quote it now. First uh, Corinthians 13, he says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not all about itself. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's what he's calling us to. That's what Jesus said, you know, love each other as I have loved you. Now, the truth of the matter is, and I talked about this last time, is we won't always get it right, will we? Oh, you're the most perfectly loving person that I've ever met. Uh, I don't think we would ever say that. You might say it about someone, that person is so loving, they really are. But if you live with them, or if you know them really well, you know, we don't always get it right. And that's kind of why he was talking last time about this condemnation. Uh, look at verse, uh, where is that here? Let's see, verse 20. Uh, Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. You know, God knows all about it. God is aware of it. But, but we have this thing where we kind of get on ourselves. How many of you ever do that? You get on yourself? And then the enemy kind of piles on top of that. You know, look at you. 
You call yourself a Christian? Christians are supposed to be loving people. And look at you. You just yelled at that, you know, customer service, uh, customer unservice rep on the phone. Have you ever done that? Oh, I know I have. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Those people. And then, and then you get frustrated with, with one of these people, and then you find out it was really your fault. And you go like, oh. And then you have to, you know, apologize and say, I really, you know, that was me. That was me that did that. That happened just this week. <laughs> but we condemn ourselves, don't we? And, 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 but the enemy loves to condemn. He's the accuser of the brethren. He loves to, to pile it on. You're such a loser. I think that's one of his favorite words. You are a loser. But God's not saying that. God is saying that, you know, there is no condemnation for those who, in Christ, who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. It's not God who's condemning us. I'm not talking about conviction here. We're, you know, when we're, when we're obviously we're going the wrong direction and we, we, we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit where we need to make something right, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But it's, it's this condemnation. Like you are uh, the, the lowest piece of dirt in the whole galaxy of dirt. I, you know... I, I feel that way sometimes. I, I hear that. I, I sense that sometime in my own life. But it's not God. That's not God that's doing that. He knows. Look what it, it says in verse 19. It says, we set our hearts. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence by being obedient, by loving others, by doing what he's asked us to do. So we pick it up in verse 21. It says here, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. You know, I just had to stop it. You know, this idea of being condemned and how the enemy is condemning us. We're condemning ourselves. John goes on to say, dear friends. And the interesting thing, it's a, it's a, a word that is a, a form of the word agape. And it's, ag if I pronounce this correctly, Agapetos. It's, it's where we, you know, we get this uh, phrase, dearly beloved. You know, you say that at the wedding or whatever. It means beloved. It means well-loved. It means dear. And it's, it's a, word that, a word that is used a lot for God's people. So he's talking about this, the context here. We always have to remember the context. He, you know, being condemned. God knows he's greater than our hearts. He knows everything. And then, he, and then John says, dear Beloved ones, well-loved ones. This word is used like 62 times. 62 times in the New Testament. Uh, the Father, God the Father used it of His very own Son seven times. Now, what kind of, you know, the, there's something about the relationship between the, you know, the, the three persons of the Trinity, the Father's love for His Son. They said, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him, He said. Paul uses the phrase 27 times, the word. Uh, James uses it three times. Peter, eight times. Jude uses it three times. And, and John uses it nine times. Now, does that sound like condemnation to you? 
You see, we need to get our heads on straight and our hearts right. And how do we do that? We do it by the word of God, by God's, uh, you know, getting us straight, by knowing what he thinks. And how do we know that? But by his word. Thy word, I love that song, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. That's how we know. I love this uh, verse in Psalm 17. It says, it says, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Keep me as the apple of your eye. And that's how he looks at you and me. He doesn't, he's not saying, you, you blew it again. You're such a, you are a loser. God's not saying that. That God is saying is just the opposite of that. He's saying, I know you. He knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you and me. And he says, if our hearts do not condemn us, if we get this kind of straightened out and we, we kind of get the understanding of that, God, that God has for us, he says, we have confidence before God. Now, when, when, you know, when that's not the case and we're walking around under this huge, heavy load of condemnation, how much confidence do you have before God? Are you rushing to pray, rushing to get into the Word? No. In fact, that's the whole purpose of it is to keep you away from God. The enemy doesn't want it, you see. But God's, God's heart, and, I, and I, I've got this sense here about this passage that, that he wants us to, to be in this right place with him. He wants us to be, you know, at peace with him. And how do we get that? By knowing his word, by knowing his love, by knowing his forgiveness, his grace, and having this clear conscience. You know, when we're not right, we don't have that confidence. So what do we do if, if we don't? We need to seek him. We need to repent. We need to get right. We need to just fall before him. In Ephesians, uh, this is what God's word says. In him, that is through Jesus, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Now, the enemy's not telling you that. Don't even bother, he says. Don't waste your time. He's not going to listen to you anyways. But God's word's telling us, you know, come. Come before me. You have freedom to approach God. You have confidence. You know, like I said, the enemy doesn't want it, but he can't stop. He can't stop it. He tries, but he's, he's already been defeated. He cannot stop it. Next week, we're going to talk about, you know, the uh, trying the spirits and testing the spirits and knowing, you know, which, where's that coming from kind of thing. But he can't stop it. The book of Hebrews, three different separate times, he talks about this. He says, in chapter 4, he says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Chapter 10, he says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. See, it's not how good you perform. It's not how good you've loved somebody. It's not how good you or I have been. It's the blood of Jesus that opens the way for us to go right in, you see. But we need to know that. We need to understand that. 
Hebrews chapter 10, he says, Let us draw near to God with a, a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. It happens, right? Like I said, do we get it right all the time? No, we don't. We mess up. We blow it. You know, and we have this conscience, and God has given us a conscience. But it's not just to condemn us, but it's to get us right. To go back to Him, to, to follow Him, to, to develop this relationship with Him. You know, we don't just get saved, and then that's it. It's, it's, that's just the beginning of a relationship. We don't just get married to someone, right, and then, oh, we get married, and then we, that's just the beginning. And then we realize, wow, now I understand, like, now I'm beginning to see it's way more than what I thought. I'm not just talking about marriage here, <laughs> although that is true. <laughs> Talked to someone the other day who just got married. Oh, we're still in the adjustment period. Uh, like, is that the good side of it or the hard side of it? Like, we're just in the adjustment period. I remember when I first came to Christ, you know, uh, like there was, this, there was like this honeymoon period where, where my heart was just like bursting and just such peace. And then... And then real life, right? This life is hard. And, and as I was speaking about it earlier, you know, we go round and round in circles, you know, NASCAR, you know, my kids would say, like, they just go round and round in circles. That's all they do. <laughs> yeah, but they make a lot of money going around in circles like that. I, I think of Joshua, you know, they went into the promised land. They went around Jericho, right? They went around the next day. Got to get up and go around it again. Uh, got to get up and go around again. And the seventh day, you got seven times you got to go around. You're going like, I'm getting tired of this going around and around. But isn't life like that? But at some point in time, the wall came down, right? But they had to just be faithful and trust and walk and do what they were supposed to do. And, and, and that's kind of like what our life is like. But we have to hold on to God in, in the middle of all that. He connects it with prayer here in this passage in verse 22, he said, we have confidence before God. And then in verse 22, he says, and we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. We receive from him anything that we ask. Anything? Anything that we ask? That's a big word, isn't it? It's interesting, in this verse, all the verbs are in the present tense. Why do I say that? Because you can translate it like this. And we are receiving from him anything that we are asking, because we are obeying his commands, and we are doing what pleases him. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing developing thing with you and I. It's now. It's currently. It's not in the past. Sometimes, again, our, our, our faith is in the past. What about today? Is, and I was kind of heading in that direction. You know, we, we get saved, but, but, you know, is our relationship developing? We should know that person better 
you know, after 40 years of marriage than we did when we first got married. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It should get deeper. It should get more real. It should get, uh, you know, more, uh, more and more incredible is, is really the only way to describe it. So, but, but we are receiving, we are asking, we are obeying, we are doing. It's an, on, it's an ongoing current thing now. But this is a promise. This is a promise of God's word. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 7, ask and what? It will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock on the door. Will be open to you. This is a you know uh, <clears throat> a promise that Jesus gave to us. But as I mentioned earlier, context is always important, isn't it? Context. You know, we we want to take things out of context because we want to we want things to say what we want them to say. But you know, the context here really, I believe, is to have our heart right. He says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we're in a right, in a good place with God. We have confidence and we receive from him anything we ask. Our hearts are in a, are in a good place. There's obedience that's taking place, that we're, we're seeking to please him. One uh, website, and, and I recommend it's called Precept Austin, and for good uh, in-depth Bible study, uh, he says this, this is a dangerous verse if taken out of context. To presumptuously ask God for things not in his will for us. This verse is not a genie in a bottle to be rubbed and receive what, what one wishes. People take these kinds of verses and, and, and they take them out of context and say, you know, Lord, would you buy me a Mercedes Benz? You know. This is what I want. But what's my life doing? Some of you remember that song? Yes. Yeah. One, or, one or two of you? <laughs> Goes on to talk about a TV set and whatever else. Context is important. And, and the context is fellowship with him. I love this quote from David Guzik. He said this, fellowship with him. This is the key to answered prayer. We ask for things that are on his heart, his agenda. Thy will be done, not mine. With a heart to obey him, to, to please him. That's crucial. That's, that's the context for prayers. You know, where are we at with him? What is it like? Look at chapter 5. Jump ahead to chapter 5 for a second. John talks about it again, and he makes it about as clear as it could possibly be. But again, people that take this verse out of context, they don't read the verses in chapter 5. Look at verse 14. He said, this is confidence. This is confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, what? According to His will. He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Well, that's a promise too. But, but you know, it's not a lack of faith to say, God, if, is this your will? If it be your will, Jesus said, not my will. If it be your will, take this cup from me. Was it the Father's will to take the cup from Him? No, it wasn't. 
It's all, it's all, again, the context is fellowship. Do we have, are we right with Him? Do we have this place of fellowship with Him? This, this heart to obey Him, to please Him? That's so important. That's really what it's all about. Uh, another one of my uh, favorite verses in the Psalms, I don't know the Psalms, I just love the Psalms, kind of like it might be my favorite book, I don't know. But, but this verse here, Psalm 37 uh, David said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is so sweet, isn't it? Delight yourself in the Lord. Find your delight in God, in him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I, and I look at that in two ways. He'll give you what, what your heart desires, but he'll also give you the desires of your heart. You see, as we become, you know, more in tune with him, as, as David Guzik said, and, and what his agenda is, what his will is, you know, prayer is just like, you know, we're just following along with him. Now, on the, on the other side of this thing is when we're not right with him, you know, if, if there's disobedience in our lives, and I'm not talking about condemnation, I'm talking about when we're just doing things wrong. Uh, Psalm 66 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me and he has attended to, to the voice of my prayer. When we're, you know, full of all kinds of stuff, you know, God is going like, what? Well, maybe not like quite like that. But, but I don't know about you, but if we're not right with him, it's kind of hard to pray, isn't it? When, we, when we're like in bad space and, and we're just going our own way, doing our own thing, going the wrong direction, it's hard to pray. If we're fighting with one another, if we're doing something we know is against God's word, we just know it, we already know it. If we're full of hatred or, or unforgiveness, it affects our prayers. Of course it does. It has to. 1 Peter 3, I, I, I uh, alluded to that. You know, it, it says, you know, what the husband is supposed to do. He's supposed to listen, you know, dwell, dwell with your wives according to knowledge and, and listen to them, pay attention to them, and dwell with them according to that knowledge. But he says if you don't, he says that, that your prayers will be hindered. In fact, you know, if you're not taking care of your wife... And, and, you know, then you go to pray, oh, God, you know, I need, you know, this and that. God is going, like, I can't, I can't, like, hear you. There's just this huge thing in the way that, that you're not doing what you're supposed to do with your wife. Of course, it goes both ways, doesn't it? We know that, you know. You've got the, the son who, you know, he, he messes up big time, right? And then he, you know, rushes in to ask for the car. What does dad say? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right? But if he takes the time to get it right, he goes in and dad says, no anyways. No. <laughs> dad says, okay, but I've installed this thing in the car that tells me when you go over the speed limit. <laughs> and I want you home by... And if we follow his direction, everything goes smoothly. But you come cruising in, you know, 
and the, his phone has been going off, you know, with all the things you've done wrong. It's like, whoa. And the next time you go to borrow the car, what happens? See, it affects, you know, how we live and, and, and you know, what's going on inside of us. It affects our prayers. But, but I want to say this is that the way is always open. The way is always open. And I think Psalm 66 where he says, <clears throat> excuse me, but, but certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer because he knew that he got it right and he got right with God. And, and the way is always open for you and I to get right because he knows our hearts. We're not going to be perfect. First John 5 says, this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. In other words, he's not asking us to do things that we just can't possibly ever do. So let's pick it up again in verse 23 where, where I started off with this idea of being simple and keeping it simple. And this is, this is kind of what it is because he says he wants us to keep his commands. They're not burdensome. Uh, we have... We get from him, we receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and we do what pleases him. In verse 22 and, or 23, and he says, and this is his command, singular, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. This is his command. Uh, <clears throat> the Jews, the Jews, they had... Uh, probably more than this, but at least over 600 commandments that they needed to follow. And, and it, it also says, you know, they, they had these commandments and they made sure that all the disciples knew, their disciples knew about them, but they wouldn't even bother to try to do them themselves because they knew it was like, oh, man. Now, David uh, breaks it down in Psalm 15 to like 12. Micah, chapter 6, verse 8 breaks it down to three, and Jesus here, he kind of breaks it down to one, kind of one with two parts, right? Why? Because we're just simple people, and, and he needs to make it simple, and, and this is what, what he says here. First of all, what? Believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Secondly, love one another as he commanded us. This is what pleases him, to simply believe and trust in him. This is what it means, and, and uh, uh, you know... It, David Guzik said it means to put your belief in Jesus in the sense of trusting in him and relying on him and clinging to him. That's the very first thing. Trust him. Uh, we had it in, in one of the songs. He asked, will, will you trust me? He, he wants to know, will you just trust me? In the middle of all this stuff we call life and the craziness and the the, you know, the uncertainty and all of it. Will you just trust me? Hold on to me and, because I'll, I'll make sense of it. Don't worry. I've got, I've got this thing. I've got, you know, what, what's going to happen in the world. Our first command, our first call is to believe, to trust in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Father sent His Son for you and me. That's really, it starts there, right? That's the pathway to adoption, right? To, to believe, to receive. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Later in 1 John 5, he, he talks about 
those who believe in the name of the Son of God, you know, the assurance that we would have that we belong to Him. But John chapter 3, uh, verse 18, uh, John chapter 3, not 1 John, John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, whoever believes in Him, that, that is in Jesus, is not condemned. He comes back around to this idea of no condemnation by trusting in Jesus Christ. This is where we start. For you and for me to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's pretty simple, isn't it? The second half is something we've already been talking about over and over, is to love one another as He commanded us, as He did. And, and that's that, that true love that we talked about, laying down our lives. Unselfish, other-centered, self-sacrificing. I don't know. Can you remember that? Believe and love. You know, a lot of times we, we and, I, and I'm, I'm no, uh, uh, I'm not kidding myself that, you know, you, you're, you come here and you remember everything you hear, you remember everything that I say. No, but I know that, that God can use his word to put something in your hearts. And, and that's why I think keeping it simple, sometimes it'd be better if we just have one big idea and, and if you can walk away with that one big idea and hold on to that, believe in love. Have a, have a good relationship with Him, trusting in Him, and then all the other stuff, the prayer, you know, the, the fighting, of, fighting off the condemnation, trusting in Him, believing in Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths that's a relationship that's a powerful powerful thing believe in love so can you remember that it kind of sounds like Matthew 27 where where they asked Jesus what's the greatest commandment and what did he say love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself it's he keeps it simple for you and me because we're simple people Love God, believe in His Son, Jesus, and love one another. Let's wrap this up, verse 24. He said, those who obey His commands live or abide in Him and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit that He gave us. He lives in us. Those who obey His commands. And again, it's not perfection, but, it, but someone said it's, it's not perfection, but it's direction. Is this the direction of our lives to obey Him, to, to follow and to, and to trust in Him and to love one another? This is the, the command that He gave for us, and we abide in Him through that. But, but not only that, he, he doesn't leave us on our own. He, he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us to do what He asks us to do. God will never give you, ask you to do something that he will not help you to do. I know that's the truth. I've seen it in my life over and over and over again. Uh, that, that verse that we sing, as your days, so shall your strength be. In other words, whatever you need to face, he's going to give you the strength to do. As your days, so shall your, shall your strength be. You and I are a temple of the Holy Spirit and and we're not our own. We belong to Him. And, 
but he will, he will stay with us. So believe and love. Let's all stand together. I want to just uh, finish with uh, what, I, what I call a benediction uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, because it really is a benediction. <clears throat> Let me read this to you. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 through 21. He says, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Our great and awesome Heavenly Father, first of all, we just want to quiet our hearts. Maybe there's a lot of stuff going on and, and maybe even condemnation and maybe all kinds of uh, other things that are happening in our lives. But to know and to, to trust you and to, to be quiet before you and, and to get right with you and to maybe confess, maybe repent, maybe uh, whatever it takes, Lord, to, to walk with you. To hear that still small voice say, I love you. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe Jesus wants to just remind you and me of that relationship that we have with him, with the Father, by the Holy Spirit. That it is what makes life worthwhile. It's not found in the money It's not found in the things of the world. It's not found in position, power. Solomon, who wrote that book, Ecclesiastes, he, he knew all that. He tried all that. He, he tested it all, and it, it was all emptiness. Father, we come to you today. Jesus, you said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, Lord, we come. Trusting in the name of Jesus. Helping. We pray you to help us to love one another lay down our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.